Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 44 of Unfiltered. Today, I finally had <laughs> my friend Kevin on Unfiltered. And I, as you will hear later on, have been trying to get Kevin to record with me for the past year. But things, life got in the way. And Kevin was lazy. And I just gave up. So <laughs> here we are, almost a year later. I finally got Kevin on. Um, we met really early last semester. Again, you're probably going to hear all this again, but we met really early on. Um, and we are actually blockmates, which if you listen to my Harvard housing day episode, you will know what that means. But basically, um, we were placed in the same house, uh, for the fall Leverett house and, um, we're, we're in the same blocking group. And so in blocking together, we were guaranteed the same house. But Kevin is um, honestly like a mother figure to me. Like, I've never had a guy friend like this. Um, he, yeah, he, he's basically my mom. Um, and yeah, I, I am really glad he got onto the podcast. I think he has a lot of really interesting opinions and perspectives. And um, today we talked about model minority, social norms, Asian culture in America, anime, summer lab research, things we expected about lab but didn't happen in real life and um, other things like that. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. This was really fun to record. My favorites for this week, John Mayer has a new album. If you guys know anything, you should know that my first favorite artist is Taylor Swift and my second is definitely John Mayer. And he just released a new album called Sob Rock. And it's a lot of old-ish songs, I guess, like songs that he's been releasing periodically. Like, I guess I just feel like Carry Me Away, New Light. But he has a few new ones on there and they're so good. Like every single one of them are so good. Um, Shouldn't Matter But It Does is really good. Um, Shot in the Dark, Wild Blue. I just love John Mayer. I think he's really talented. Um, Yeah. Uh, I've also been listening to a lot of Maverick City. This is, they're a Christian band. Um, so if you're really into worship music, I recommend them. But they're based out of Atlanta and they're just so, they're so, I I love worship music that's more chill. I feel like sometimes it can feel like I'm at a concert, like a rock concert. And though that's fun sometimes, a lot of times I just, I like to, to be calm and peaceful and chill out when I listen to worship. And so Maverick City is amazing. Um, they're actually coming to Boston in October, and so me and some other friends, a lot of other friends actually, are planning to go October 29th to their concert, and yeah, um, I think I already said they're based out of Atlanta, but if I hadn't said that, they're based out of Atlanta, which I think is really cool, um, and I think my favorite songs by them would be Man of Your Word and Million Little Miracles, and obviously Promises, Yeah. Um, I've also been listening to Let It All Out by Coin, which is a really good song, and then Biking by Frank Ocean, which is also a great song. I have not been reading as much, which is really sad. I miss reading. I just don't have time. Like, genuinely, in the morning, I wake up, I do my orgo, I go to lab, I'm at lab all day, come back, have dinner, chill, do some work, maybe go to bed. That's my life. Um, but yeah, and my Something that I've been drinking every day is the sweet cream vanilla cold brew from Starbucks. I have been drinking three coffees a day. It's bad. I drink one in the morning when I wake up. I drink one before I go to lab and I drink one after I come back from lab. (laughs) Um, It's gotten to a point where if I don't drink coffee, my head hurts, which I know is really bad. I need to fix that, but I don't have time to fix that right now. So yeah, Um, my highlights, because I didn't do an episode last week, I have a lot of new highlights to show, uh, to talk about, but so, oh gosh, it's crazy. I, I've only been here for two weeks, not even two weeks, two weeks tomorrow. I feel like I've been here for like a month. I swear time moves faster um, in Boston, but, or slower, I don't know. But I spent the first week, the first few days settling into the new apartment. Um, I got there July 3rd, then July 4th, my friends and I watched fireworks at Boston Commons and it was just so great. Everything felt, everything felt normal. I will say we were behind a tree, which kind of sucked, but I can't believe I spent 4th of July in Boston watching fireworks at the Boston Commons with my friends. It was just so cool. Um, I took my first orgo exam, which, you know, it wasn't terrible, 
it could have been better, but it could always be better. And it wasn't terrible. So yeah, um, my friend Gene visited. He's currently in Seattle doing an internship with Amazon, but he came up this past Friday. He was actually supposed to leave Sunday, but then he made a mistake and booked two flights from Seattle to Boston. And the next flight that worked with the schedule was on Thursday. So he ended up staying like a week, which was so great. Um, And it was just really, really fun to have him here. We all went to Six Flags on Saturday. We, it was two hour drive. Um, and every Six Flags is different. So there's one in Georgia that I am really familiar with the rides there. But these rides um, here in Massachusetts were different. And we ended up waiting probably six to seven hours total in lines. And we rode four rides. <laughs> so that's like two minutes worth of rides. But I thought it was worth it. We went with a huge group. And honestly, I have this theory that amusement parks are like the the amount of fun you have there is really dependent on what kind of people you're with because like you're going to spend a lot of time with them waiting in lines and talking. And so that that really constitutes the bulk of your time there. Uh, But I had a lot of fun. I started lab work. Guys, I could talk about lab work forever, but just to talk about it really, really briefly, I love lab. Like, so my lab is at the Warren Albert Building um in harvard med and so i take there's a free bus that goes from harvard square to harvard med for harvard students you just flash your id and so it's about a 30 minute drive uh, bus ride and so i commute every day um and what i love about it is that you know at first i thought it'd be annoying that i'd have to commute because i was like oh this is going to take up so much time but i love it because first i get to go to boston every day which is something that's really cool. I think it's really easy to have this little Harvard bubble, Cambridge bubble, but just being able to cross the river and going to Boston every day is so cool to me. Second, I just listen to music and chill out, which I love. Third, it's time spent alone. And you guys know I love that. Um, Fourth, the act of leaving is so refreshing. Like I think I just got so antsy over the past year, waking up, being in the same room that I've always been in. Um, but now that I'm able to actually leave and take a bus and commute, it just feels, life just feels so much better. Like I genuinely think I've just been a lot happier recently. And I think I attribute a lot of that to the fact that I'm able to commute and leave a lot um, because I just don't feel as pent up. And I also love lab because my mentor is great. Um, I think the work is really cool. I think it's the the excitement of working at Harvard Med it will never die like every time I get on the bus I'm like I'm just as excited as I was the first day and it's really fun to um, have friends come to lab with me um, and then maybe they'll chill there and then go back or or maybe they'll come and meet me um, at Harvard Med but yeah I I love lab maybe I'll do a whole other episode on that even though we did talk a lot about it um, in this one um, next highlight, I got a 7-Eleven, a free 7-Eleven slushie on 7-Eleven, which I'm really ashamed to say I've never done before. However, I don't even really, I mean, I like slushies. I just don't think they're, I would never go out and get one. Also, we realized that they were giving out free slushies all of July. So it wasn't really that special. Um, and then my last highlight is I'm a part of WCF Asian American Christian Fellowship, and we had our first summer community group Bible study this past Thursday, and it was amazing. There were like 20 people. We were all in the, the junior common room of Winthrop House, and we had all eaten dinner um, before in the dining hall, and then we just all sat, and we're going through the book of Jonah, and um, it was just a great time. So make makes me really happy that things are starting to get back to normal. But just realize this intro has been so long. This is going to be a long episode. But without further ado, I guess this is what happens when I, po- I don't podcast for two weeks because I just have a lot to say. But um, without further ado, let's get on into the first segment. The day has finally come for my good friend, Kevin, to be on the podcast. Now, Kevin and I have gone way back. We met uh, in the fall very early on because he lived right across the hall from me. And from the day I met him, I knew that he had to be on my podcast. But alas, it took almost a year (laughs) 
for this to finally happen. I had to hunt down Kevin and send him daily reminders that we would be podcasting this week. And he finally came. So Kevin, if you want to give a little introduction of yourself, go ahead. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> let me just start. You finally learned that uh, I, I would be only willing to podcast when it's afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so I typically podcast Sunday mornings and Kevin wakes up at like three. <laughs> On a good day. Oh, um, all right. Introduction. All right. I'm Kevin Aschie, obviously. Um, yes, I was born in Erie, Pennsylvania. So I'm, uh, well, I'd like to say I'm like a Northeast <laughs> kind of person, but people are like, Pennsylvania is like, nah, so oh, debatable. Yikes. Um, <laughs> Harvard introduction. I guess I'm really, I'm planning on studying maybe like computer science along with physics. Um, some of my hobbies include, I really love to read, especially really fantasy read. novels. Um, this is what he stays up until 6am doing, reading. It's fine. At least you're My reading. natural habitat is reading. Yes. You walk in on that a lot. I love it. Um, but I also like watching anime, which I'm sure Emily will bring up at some point. Yes, <laughs> And then, uh, Cooking. I, what? You're a great cook. Uh, you know, I didn't get into cooking until like COVID. Kevin like, is a great cook. My parents used to just like bash me for not being able to cook at all so no he's a great cook and he always gets mad at me for my dietary restrictions um, but he he's nice about it and he he well, obeys nice them anyway but the- then he jokes about like you know making me eat a dog and i get scared <laughs> i realize that that's probably not a very appropriate joke for this podcast but it's, it's fine, fine. <laughs> um Thing. Oh, and I, uh, I guess like final hobbies, I play two instruments. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, well, I was into music. COVID kind of like cut off that ensemble kind of thing, but we'll see if that happens in the mm, fall. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you play piano and then what's the I other? play flute. Flute. And I then, used to play flute. Did you? Yeah, in the elementary school band. Elementary. I was I was excellent. Excellent? Yes. I don't for, think anyone's excellent grade. in the elementary school band. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, it was, the bar was very low. Um, and then what are you studying? Wait, didn't I say? Nope. Come on, Kevin. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm thinking about studying like computer science. Long as... I'm pretty sure I said this. No, just say it again. All right. All right. Whatever. Like CS, physics, something like that. Who knows? Kevin is also very anti-pre-med. I am. Um, so, you know, I get a lot of crap for that. But <laughs> um, today I wanted to talk about um, a lot of, a lot of like broad did that make sense? I wanted to talk about a lot of things relating to Asian culture um, in America. So like model minority um, and then specifically like other aspects of Asian culture. Um, and then also like social norms. Cause I know Kevin, you always say like your humor has a lot to do with playing around with social norms kind of ish. Um, you also have no shame. That's so I true. think that's really, that's really interesting. There's a story there. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then um, we're going to end on talking about, summer labs and research because Kevin and I are both at different labs. He's a physics one and I'm at um, a bio one. So I think that'd be cool to talk about. But first topic is model minority. So I just want to ask you, what is your background and how in touch are you with said background, I guess? I see. Wait, do you know? Okay, first, do you know what model minority is? Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. So I did my research. You did your research. <laughs> I did. Okay, good. <laughs> I prepare well, well for I these can... episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can't even say, like, I, I'm obviously not, like, an expert on this. So, yeah. like... I feel like you have your opinions, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess, like, the first time I heard this term was, like, my my brother, he's into debate. So, um, one year, I think, the like, the topic was education, right? And he was running with his partner, um, Model Minority Critique, uh, just an argument about, like, revolving around model minority and, like, how, um, like, the education system should account for that. And so... I share a room with him mm-hmm. and I hear him prep and like, I just, I got a lot from like the discussions he had or mm-hmm. like just him talking about it, complaining sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's actually really interesting because there's a lot of facets to the issue. And it was like, I had noticed these things when I was growing up, but like when it was put into words for the first time, it like clicked somehow. I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like this, it, I hadn't really like paid attention to it, I suppose, but okay. it was like always there. Um, what, what are some of those? Wait, first, before you answer that, you didn't answer my question. Is, <laughs> what is your background? 
and how in touch are you? Oh. You can just answer in like two seconds and then oh, we'll talk oh, about Sorry, I thought no, you meant my background was like modern. Oh, no, no, okay, you're, good, you're good. So, yeah, I'm a Chinese American. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents are immigrants from China. They got here 1991, mm-hmm. 1997. I'm lying. Um, and so I grew up like in like this weird like Chinese American household. My grandparents were over a lot, so they influenced a lot of like what the household culture was like. Um, but then I grew up in like a white suburb and I went mm-hmm. to like a white, like predominantly white elementary school, middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was always very interesting. Like the disparity there. Um, yeah, I'd say I'm somewhat in touch with my like Chinese heritage. Can you speak some? You can cook yeah, Chinese food. I, I speak some, I can cook some. Um, I mean, if I go back to China, I wouldn't scream foreigner but like <laughs> we we celebrated chinese new year yeah, new, yeah kevin gave me a red envelope i don't know what that means but it was really sweet <laughs> yeah it's like just like good luck and prosperity oh. um mm. i was gonna say something. oh but like yeah chinese american culture is like very distinct from like chinese culture actually like it's it's very interesting mm. um okay but we can talk about we can talk about that later yeah we can talk about that later <laughs> uh yeah, so that's my background. Okay, so model minority, what is it, and what are the facets of it that yeah, you were speaking so, of earlier? Like, the gist is that, like, this model minority myth is, like, this idea that, like, Asians, and then usually it's centered around, like, Chinese, but, like, it's inclusive of, like, all Asians, so, um, yeah, uh, all Asians. Uh, and it's the idea, like, that they're the model, like, quite literally the model minority, mm-hmm. or, like, they're the they're the ideal like minority in the United States. They're like the traits they have are what like the minority should strive to do. Um, and like put explicitly, those are like not standing out as much, um, like trying to adapt to the, to the norms more mm-hmm. and like trying really hard to pursue education mm-hmm. and like, I guess like movement mm-hmm. and social status. Right. Right, right, right. Rather than like speaking out for change necessarily, right? Mm. They're like it's kind of like the like you adapt, you don't say much, you you like integrate in the system and you, you do your hard. best to work hard up right. the system. Oh right? yeah. So that's that's kind of the amount of minority myth. And like it deals a lot with like you know, like the classic like, oh Asians are really good at school, you know, but like, they're very shy. Yeah, but they're shy. They don't have a personality. Yeah, things like that, or like, you know, like they're all doctors, lawyers. And He's like, adding really you that math. <laughs> hey, you're really good at math. I am. No, let's do it like that. No, no, that's the interesting part, right? Like, like part of it is true. Well, y- you can say that, but also like it's like you grow up in this environment where people expect these things from you. Right. So it's hard to say like yeah. what is your own. Like, yeah. like outstanding characteristics and yeah. what is like influenced by other people, right? Because mm. like, obviously like my, like my parents and my grandparents are expecting things from me, right? Like my, my grandma tutored me in math, right? So like, mm. yes, that led me to have like an inclination towards math, but also like, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like your peers in elementary school and your middle school, like, little children are very good at like showing what the social norms are because they don't have like filters. They don't know, like they're not afraid to say like offensive things. Right. Um, so it's like, they just expect things or like, like the fact that it was good at math was not attributed to the fact that like, I worked hard for it every day. Right. It was more like, Oh, he's Asian. He's just good at math. Or like the fact yeah. that I got good grades, it's like, Oh yeah, like, that's expected. And it's almost devaluing the effort I put into it a little bit. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had, um, so I also did debate and I had a whole conversation with this one guy on the debate team. I mean, like we stayed after school talking about it where he, he was like arguing with me and saying that like, I don't, the thing is, is like, I don't know. I'm not an expert in this topic. So I, I'm not claiming that anything I'm saying is like a hundred percent fact, but he was telling me, he was like, Asians are like genetically, it's like they're proven to be like genetically smarter or something like that right. and like stuff like that. And I was like, so you're saying like, if I succeed at something, like it's because it's because I'm Asian. And like, right. but I don't know. I don't know. Right. And like, 
obviously okay so i don't i don't know the science behind like okay, yeah well, that whole eugenics like oh we don't have to race, get into that yeah, we're, we're, we're not gonna get into that. Far like, from that i will say like you can't like disregard the the aspect that culture plays into it right like yeah chinese or okay like most in general asian culture is very like, geared towards like succeed in education right like it's it's not even like you have to be smart. It's just like you need to succeed in education. It doesn't matter how you get there. If you memorize things, if you just are like intuitively good at it, if you just prep a lot, right? Um, but like that's the push forward. And like obviously that like influences the kids. So it's like you can't like discount the fact that like that cultural pressure is there and it's very different from American like yeah. norms sometimes about mm-hmm. like what is important in childhood and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so what was your brother arguing for? Oh, I don't even, like, I, <laughs> like, okay, so speech and debate is actually the wildest thing sometimes. They run, like, crazy arguments. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it was, it was something about how, like, the, like, as a model minority, right, like, like, okay, speech and debate is very meta, so, like, you can use your own personal circumstances in, like, the arguments, right? So mm-hmm. he was running model minority, like, as a, like, model minority, Mm-hmm. He's obviously also Chinese, and his partner was—I um, don't remember who his partner was at the time, but they were definitely Asian as well. So it was kind of like the the argument was like as a mono minority, like these are the issues. Um, I don't even remember exactly what the topic was that mm-hmm. year, but it, I know it revolved around the education system. Mm. Have you ever experienced any sort of? Like, have you ever experienced firsthand that mono minority myth? I mean, yeah, like totally, right? Like people just expect like yeah like the, the school culture is like oh yeah like these things are expected of you right like get a's good be good at math be good at stem right like it's like i don't know like the culture is like or not even the culture but like the atmosphere is always like present mm-hmm. like that do you think that influenced your your educational experience I mean, at all. like of course but like how much like i like i can't even tell to this day right? like i'm really not sure because mm-hmm. there's like there's like the social push in like the school setting and then there's also like the cultural push from yeah. my parents my grandparents mm-hmm. and then like like what do i believe it's like very up to debate <laughs> as who has influenced that yeah i also think now being because you, you, your high school was all white right no actually so i actually went so this is very interesting. I went to a predominantly white middle school, and then I switched districts going to high school. Uh, I went to a magnet school in the city, and so like, those magnet schools, baby, <laughs> they got all the Asians. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so it was much more diverse, right? Yeah. And not just Asians. Yeah. Uh, so that was it. Was very interesting, uh, and like, it's you can definitely tell that like the the atmosphere is different and like less of the minor minority is like happening, right. but it's like still there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, like the circumstances don't change. Like in like the four years I was there, like three, three classes had valedictorians who were Asian, right? And, like yeah. that, those kinds of things like perpetuate this thing mm-hmm. where like, it's like a feedback loop, right? Like you mm-hmm. expect this. So you, or like society expects this out of them. So they perform this way mm-hmm. and then like, it doesn't change. But then, uh, of course, like, all right, you have to feel bad for the people who, like, sometimes can't meet those societal expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, like, people like to joke, like, oh, like, Asians who are not good at math are, like, failures of Asians. But, mm-hmm. like, right, you have to, like, those people have, like, other interests, like, literature and, like, history yeah, and yeah. things like that. Art. Art. <laughs> and, like, that doesn't make them bad Asians. It's just, like, yeah. it, they're just not doing the expected path. <laughs> Oh gosh, dang, that was deep. Um, <laughs> it's like a yeah. big, it's like a big problem. Like, I haven't experienced it because, right? like, I want to go into CS. I've been mm. always pretty decent at math. Um, like in the, I like, I like the STEM fields, but like, you have to feel bad for the people who, like, don't want to do these things, but like, feel so much pressure to do these things. Yeah. Hmm. I think also, like, now that we're at Harvard. I don't know how prevalent do you think model minority is. I, I don't know. Harvard's better. About, I mean, because Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like okay. Do you remember the? We we uh, had this like, because we started 
our freshman year with in the wake of like the BLM mm-hmm. stuff, right? And they had us read the articles. Mm-hmm. And one of them was about the Vietnamese. Or, oh yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. That, that that mentioned model minority. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah, like yeah. so Harvard is aware of this. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's like and it's also like helped by the fact that like to get into Harvard, you already have to be an outstanding student. Right. So like the expectation is everybody here is an outstanding student. It doesn't matter what race you are. That was a great point to end it on. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Asian culture in America. Um, unless you have anything else to say. But uh, um... yeah, so I guess to begin, I want to ask you like what, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but what was your experience um, like being an Asian American, like growing up in this kind of like dual household where you had like your Chinese culture, but then also the American culture? Or like, what have you, what have you observed? Okay. Any thoughts you have? You know what? Just you can say anything you want, Kevin. This is your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm handing you the ownership for 45 minutes for oh, that's of unfiltered existence. All right, that's a lot of time. <laughs> Take it away. It's like where do I even begin? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I feel like growing in a in a like dual household like that is. Or not even dual, but, like, it's, like, just the fact that, like, the culture at home was very different from the culture at school uh, kind of isolates you a little bit from your peers, especially at, like, a predominantly white middle school, right? Like, the fact that you're, like, one of the only two Asians around means that, like, like, people immediately group you with the other Asian, right? And that yeah. is what happened. Like, some of my best friends in middle school were, like, the other two Asians in my grade. Yeah. Um, and one of them is adopted, too. So it's, like, it's not like she's even culturally Chinese. Right. She was, but, like, the fact that she's Chinese. So it's, that's very weird. But, yeah, it's, like, you just get pushed towards different things. Like, my parents, like, really pushed for me to, like, skip my grades in math. So I took like algebra one in sixth grade, right? Mm-hmm. But then I'm in the class as like a sixth grader with a bunch of eighth graders, right? Mm-hmm. So well like how connecting with my classmates who are like two years older than me. That's like mm, yeah. well, like 33%. Yeah. Dang. Older. And then like being an eighth grader and like <laughs> taking classes with a bunch of like juniors and it's like it's it's always just strange, and of course, like it gets better as you get older because the like differences in age disappear. But right at the beginning, it's very isolating, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was lucky to have another friend, the one I mentioned earlier, who like skipped these things with me, so I just had someone. But like doing it yourself is like kind of lonely because you take like online classes. And, you're like none of the stuff you're learning and so your classmates are learning um so there's always that like it's very interesting because my father wanted me to skip grades as well and then i ultimately didn't but i think my it's dad an inter- wanted me to skip yeah grade. it's an interesting interesting discussion on whether it's like good for the child or not mm-hmm. right being placed with older people makes you mature a little bit faster mm-hmm. but at the same time Right, like you, you still need time to grow. Yeah, and so it, there's this disconnect. Um, and I personally don't think there's it's necessary to to like skip. You will learn the things at your own pace, and you can always right. take advanced classes. Right. Um, but yeah, there's the as long as it's like this push, like it's yeah, this is like cultural <laughs> push, like do better. You know, Kevin, you always tell me to do better. I'm yeah, like, but that's like I should do better. That's that's not what I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. asking you no. to mm-hmm. to like <laughs> achieve the best of the best. I'm just no, asking I know. you to put in your best. Kevin is just a really supportive mom. <laughs> also, this is just a side note. Kevin is my mother here. <laughs> like, actually, he runs this household. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, so I guess this is when like the topic of anime can come in, but like what, um, like what elements of your Chinese culture do you think you're, you're very like in touch with? Does that, does that make sense? I feel like cooking, like cuisine, Chinese cuisine, you're yeah. really, really well versed oh, with. right. Before we get into that, like oh, that okay. is the, uh, I was, I was saying earlier, there's a very d- big difference between like Chinese American culture and Chinese culture. Right? Yeah. 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 And so like 
that's part of it, right? Like the Chinese American culture is like push, 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 right? Like your, your kids have to succeed, like get into an Ivy League, doctor, lawyer, whatever the whole like shindig is, right? And actually Chinese culture is not that all the time, right? Like there's really? the, go- well, sometimes it is, but like, okay, first of all, the testing culture in China is just garbage, right? Mm-hmm. Like the golf call is the national high school exam, right? And then like, basically you're just memorizing things, right? Like you pay people to help you memorize things. You like do like hundreds of practice tests. You just write it over and over and over again until you get it, right? And there's an argument to be made that like, you're not actually learning things in that case. Um, but like the actual Chinese students who come here in the U.S. to study, right, are oftentimes like very distinct from the Chinese Americans who get into these mm. schools, right? Like the like the stereotype Chinese student from mainland China, right, is like rich, drives like a Lamborghini because their parents are in China, like their only children or something like that, mm. and then they don't do that well in school. Really? Yeah. I thought international Chinese kids were insane. I mean, at Harvard they might. Right, but like around the country, oh, I see. like okay, I, okay. my mother is a professor at Penn State, Barron, and so, and then so, um, I also like hear things about main camp, like Penn State main campus as well, and it's like they get a lot of Chinese students from mainland China, and <laughs> someone once told me that that's because they like switch up UPenn and Penn State. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I don't, know terrible. I, I don't know how much I believe that. But like the fact is like they get a lot of students from China okay. and like they're not always the best students. In fact, like sometimes they're just like failing classes and things like that. And you're like, this doesn't mesh with like the Chinese American culture mm. here. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting. But I don't know, someone made the argument to me once that like because the immigrants who came here from China were the ones who really wanted to like succeed or not succeed, but like they were seeking better opportunity and like opportunity to move up the social ladder that like this culture has pervaded down to their children, which yeah, I think makes sense, sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and like, yeah. And that's not saying like all mainland China students, students oh, yeah. but like, yeah, it's just interesting that like the stereotype is a little different. Mm, that's interesting i don't think i've ever encountered that chinese international kid yet yeah i mean have you met a chinese international kid no yeah well i haven't met a chinese international kid period yeah yeah, that's what i'm saying (laughs) that's really also right now like the fact that china's like like especially at harvard like there's the whole like china stealing secrets thing going on so like every i every like student who wants to come here is like heavily background checked oh. i my father was telling me there's a he has a friend whose daughter is gone to like an mit phd program or something like that mm-hmm. and she like she still hasn't gotten her visa to come over yet Dang. so well that's tough yeah well it's kind of china's fault <laughs> okay we're not gonna get into yeah. that <laughs> anyway um okay back to the question i was gonna ask so um cuisine and well anime is not chinese it's, no. it's japanese but it's some sort of asian culture yeah um yeah. You can talk about anything you want, Kevin. Yeah, I don't... It's a... Uh, Kevin loves anime. I, He's actually... Okay, okay. I never watched anime until I got to Harvard. <laughs> and, like, everyone watches it. Like, back in my high school, if you watched anime, you were weird. Okay, okay. Like, actually, you were strange. I have a really... Okay, I, I actually did want to talk about this. So, I... Like, it's really interesting to me the, like, rise in anime in America. Um, wait, so, okay, so. <laughs> a rise in anime. Yeah. The fact is, like. It used to, like, it, it, it was so weird. Okay, you're going to find this funny. Okay. I used to be one of those people who was like, you, anime? It's weird. Really? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Kevin just, oh my gosh. Kevin is, like, the biggest anime fan I know. Okay. I am Okay, you're making me but... sound worse than I am, okay? I'm not that into anime. Well, you're more relative. Everything is yeah, relative. I enjoy the relative, media. relative yeah, to yeah. you. Everyone's an alcoholic. <laughs> That's true. I don't drink. <laughs> He's allergic. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> He's also my mom. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was like middle school, and I was one of those people who just didn't think that like anime was a cool thing, or like wow, just like the culture was like you anime, right? Like yeah. I feel like anime's gotten a bad rap because. 
There are some weird parts of it. You have to. Admit. Okay. Okay. Like yes, like the incest, like the the weird the sounds, things, the the food, the like the fact that it's chauvinist and like fan service. But like, okay. First of all, I don't believe those things aren't in like American media. They're just like true, not true. as anime just doesn't bother hiding it whatsoever. And I think that's where the backlash came from, right? Like they're right, very like right. outspoken or like they're very opaque. Transparent. 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 <laughs> these things. They're very translucent. Um, and the, yeah, but it's not like these things don't exist in American media. But yeah, it's like always had a bad rap in like middle school. And then I, I hadn't even realized that like some of my favorite shows in childhood were anime. So, like Pokemon, Bakugan. Like those were from Japan. They mm-hmm. just got dubbed and put oh, on. Oh, dude, I love Bakugan. Right. <laughs> I hadn't realized those were anime. So I just like, it was like, like a I'm not touching back kind of thing in middle school. Oh, and then so I think I like okay. People are gonna like be like, really, Kevin, you started on Sword on Online as your first first anime, not like in like eighth grade or like ninth grade. But yeah, I watched SAO and it kind of like got me into it. It changed his life. And this was like during the period where anime went from like a oh, you can't talk about it in school because everyone's going to think you're weird to, like, suddenly mainstream I was just looking back as, like, when did this happen, right? Like, one year it was, like, no one would talk about it. And then the next, it's, like, people are just discussing, like, Boku no Hero, like, Haikyuu, and things like that. I love Boku no Hero. (laughs) You've watched, like, two episodes. Okay, listen, listen. For me, I was, like... In my high school, it was probably because there weren't that many Asians. But, like, for the kids who did watch anime, like, they were really, they were considered weird. Like, and then I got to college, and I think I still was in that mentality. Because I was, like, I, I wasn't, like, judging anyone. I was just, like, oh, like, everyone here watches anime. And that is something, bless you, Kevin, Kevin has allergies. Yeah, and I was, right. like, that is something that I am not used to. And so, at first, I was, like, apprehensive. I was, like, oh, I don't want to watch anime. But then, then Kevin, Kevin... I feel like you inspire me a lot with your, you just don't care. Yeah, You just don't care. Like, Kevin has no shame, and we're going to talk about this next, but, like, he just doesn't care. And, like, I, like, look, if if you had told me in high school, like, I would have become good friends with someone like Kevin, like, I don't know. I just, like, that was, like, I never have had a friend who was, like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, 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 back in high school, like, I don't think we would have, like, no, we, we would have not. Have, no, we would not, we have, would crossed not have crossed paths. But now in, in college, like we've crossed paths, and like I don't know, we're all just people, and that's fine. But yeah. like, yeah, I, I think I think like my view towards anime has also shifted. It's been very recent. I'm also not as into it as some other people. But I watched what did I watch? Your Lie in April, which is sad. I watched <laughs> your um, name. Your name. You watched a little bit of Pokemon Hero. Hero. Yeah. 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 It's just, it just, like, astounds me. Like, I don't know how it happened, but, like, in my school, it just went, and maybe it's because I went to, like, I shifted school districts as well, and I don't know. It was just, like, a different culture there, but, like, it just, yeah, it just, like, became an okay thing. Like, it was, like, a started becoming a mainstream American thing. Maybe it's because Netflix started introducing stuff and people got more exposure to the media, mm-hmm. but I just... Yeah, it just amazes me. Like, what happened to, like, the people who just needed to hide the fact that mm. they watch it? Like, no one... Yeah, it, it, I feel like that culture has very differently... And there are, like, papers on this. About, uh, yeah, I bet there are. Yeah, about, like, the pervasiveness of, like, Japanese media and American society. It's actually very interesting. But I think, like, anime gets a bad rap for the, like, the bad things that go on. Oh, yeah, right? Like, there's a lot of... Like anime is such a large genre. That's like that's like saying I don't like TV shows, right? Like you're like which TV shows, right? Like <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Anime is a very big umbrella term. This is very yeah, because like, yeah, there's like and there's everything from like horror to like funny action to the cheesy romance, cheesy romance to edgy things that we're not going to talk about. <laughs> that Kevin definitely watches. <laughs> what? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I mean, what? Mom. Oh. I no, um, yeah. So like, there's so many genres in there. There's a lot of good stuff. There's also a lot of not good stuff. Yeah, but that's so. 
Yeah, I think like the the slander on like all of anime in general is unwarranted. But mm. yeah, well, interesting. It's just another like at the end of the day, it's another form of media, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's an art. Yeah. Kevin's like, eh. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is. Um, actually, we want to talk about like the people who dropped. They're like very underpaid, actually. Oh, like the animators. Yeah. It's actually kind of tragic. No, yeah. Like anime is actually, it is a whole art. But um, to save time, we should move to social norms because Kevin said he has a story of his his shamelessness. Well, okay, and his not humor. Even mine. Or just like what my father is like the most shameless person you will yeah, ever. Yeah. Okay. Meet. I met Kevin's dad this past semester, and like, I see a lot of you in him. Oh, that's, was the humor and just like that's kind of frightening <laughs> no it's it's really funny <laughs> it's kind of frightening um yeah my father is very he he does not have a filter actually like he like i i say i don't have a filter but my father actually doesn't have a filter he'll say things that are completely not appropriate <laughs> well <laughs> like not pc like or like not yeah, whatever. It's just, yeah. Um, I remember we were like at the at Yale touring the school, and the tour guy was so pissed off because he was a bio major. My father started asking him about the lawsuit between the two labs who had discovered CRISPR. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, Father, why? Why? Why are you doing this to me? Oh I just want to see the school. <laughs> and like, I could tell that the tour guy was so irritated by the end. Do you think your dad just doesn't have social cues or he just doesn't care? Oh, he just doesn't care. He okay. knows they're well, there. He different. just doesn't care. Okay, see, that's very different. An important distinction. You, I feel like you you have a filter sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But you are definitely like, I don't, okay, I don't I don't think you're like shamelessness is a bad thing. I think it's a really good thing. Yeah, I like, I try to keep it to like the point where like I try to be who I am without offending other people that's good that's which good. i don't think my opinions offend other people in like any way but like yeah my my father likes to get very political mm. very quickly with anybody he meets regardless of what they believe mm. is your mom like that too no my mom is the most non-outspoken person ever she she's the one who's like been shut up oh my gosh um like she hates like talking to other people and like I Your you like if you came over to my house you would on a good day you might catch an appearance of my mom oh no when I met your mom she was she, she was very friendly very sweet yeah that's the uh that's the uh that's the mask the outside mask jeez <laughs> oh, um yeah yeah my father is definitely a lot more shameless than my so mom. you think that influenced how you developed your own humor a little your bit. Own, your own way um, of socializing. Wait, did I tell you? My father wore an Attack on Titan like t-shirt when really? he was helping move in during the... Oh my gosh, I, was, I love it. I was just, yeah. <laughs> Kevin so, has an anime shirt that he wears all the time. I no don't wear shame. It again all the time. Well, he wears it a lot. He wears it without any shave. And I'm like, yeah. yes, that's my mom. <laughs> so actually, I think the person who influenced me a lot about like shamelessness was one of my good friends in middle school okay. and she act. she also has like very little shame mm. <laughs> like even more so than me but not the point of like, offending other people um yeah but she'll like say and do things and i'm like i could never actually um do i have a good example that's that's funny waiting period. maybe not it's okay <laughs> oh i do i remember she got like one of her teachers was like wait is this a pg story yeah it's a pg okay, story okay. she one of the, her teachers was uh like talking about his cats too much in class and she actually like just went to the principal and lodged a complaint and like what <laughs> so she like she doesn't care at all like there's no like oh my gosh um and are was, you still friends with this girl yeah Oh, she goes to Penn State. So I think uh, like her values definitely influenced me. Uh, not to that extent, but like I try not to hide who I am. And I know you you know this, like I greet a lot of people like in bed. Like I don't even bother getting up when yeah. I go meet people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I found is like, 
it's very interesting because they're either the people either like like can get along with that very well and then like we become fast friends mm-hmm. or it's like we just stay at this like yeah distance that where it's like we're like we can hang out but like we don't like yeah you don't click click but, click mm, but it's good that you don't like mold yourself yeah sometimes it's embarrassing but nah you gotta just own it kevin <laughs> <laughs> um okay so like when you talk about playing around with social norms like what does that phrase mean to you because I remember when we were brainstorming this episode back in January when we were supposed to record it and then life family. got in the way. Um, you were saying how like a lot of your humor is involved with playing around with these social norms. I see. I remember nothing from January. Me, but um, <laughs> if I had to take a guess, it's like I mean, it's like making fun of them sometimes. I like we talked about mono minority and things like that, mm. right? Like, and I would in German class, like I, I used to like joke around very heavily with my teacher about about like being a mono minority, right? Like mm. I'd make jokes about, right? Like I had my we were making a video once, and I had my father act like like a classic Asian parents, so like oh why God. did you get ninety nine percent? How could <laughs> you? Where's that one percent? Right? Um, so I like to think like I'm aware of these things, and like I try and make fun of them, but not too inoffensive. Yeah, not too inoffensive. Well, I don't. Most people don't get it. Like, the Asians that I've met, I, like, laugh at, like, these kind of yeah. things. Like, but it's, like, a heart laugh because, they, like, they, they realize it's all true to Right, right. Um, yeah, it's, it's like that, I think. Uh, and then it's just fun sometimes, like, doing something that's totally, like, not, like, against the social norms, but is not offensive to other people. Mm. Right? Like, wearing an anime shirt in public is, like kind of funny right like most people are like oh like why would you do that but um <laughs> I, I i once wore an anime sweater up at a you like united states academic like usad like an award <laughs> ceremony like i went to get like second place in like a year line april kevin i never thought i would have been <laughs> i never thought i would have been roommates with, with a person like this but here we are and um, then we got to nationals and my teachers were like you can't wear that on stage <laughs> i was like <laughs> dang um, I feel like you just make a lot of like taboo jokes. Yeah, sometimes there. Yeah, sometimes all the time. All the time. All the time. Eating cats. Don't I, say that. I'm don't. not actually. I don't actually condone eating cats. It's illegal Kevin. in America. <laughs> oh gosh, this this episode is about to be. Oh gosh. Anyway, um, okay. Is there anything else you have on this? Like, on social norms, or just like anything else? Because. I think gonna move on to the last topic. Yeah, let's talk about research. Okay. So Kevin is actually you say, what lab are you at? So, and like what do you do? When did you start? What does it entail? Yeah, I'm at the Kim group. Um He's Harvard. Korean. He is Korean, Philip Kim. Uh I think graduated from University of Seoul. Um oh, that's PhD awesome. at Harvard or something like that in physics. And his lab deals with uh, heat and electron transport. So it's basically condensed matter physics. It's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of two dimensional materials going on, but there's also other things involved. Um, but they usually deal with like low temperature, um, like energy transport, energy, heat, electron transport. And so the project I'm working on with a graduate student is related to graphene, which is single layer graphite. And if you take two layers of graphene that are normally like the patterns are like normal, right? So it's uh, hexagonal, you know, like SP2 mm. hybridization. Oh my gosh, that is that gives me PTSD. <laughs> but <laughs> actually, can't be PTSD when you're in it right now. Yeah, well, that's that just sorry. triggers me. But yeah, so you know, like uh, close packing, right? Like like different styles of close packing and. Like how yeah. lattices overlap very nicely. But if you take two and you twist one a little bit, right? Mm. They're no longer regular. Mm. And they form these, they're called Mora patterns. Mm. And they basically just disrupted the entire like lattice structure, right? And so uh, the atoms seeking lowest energy state will like shift a little bit, bonds will shift a little bit to, to perfect the lowest energy state. And so introduce a strain in these molecules. And if you put it under a transmission electron microscope, you can actually see the domains where this happens. And uh, basically, 
you do like a series of calculations. Uh, you like, calculate shift vectors and take derivatives, and you just basically see the type of strain. So you can recalculate how the atoms twisted. There's uniaxial strain, isotropic strain, um, and shear, which those probably don't mean anything. Okay. Also, that. this is the second time we're having this conversation, but the first time it was like 3 a.m. and I was lying in bed. <laughs> yeah. And I was low-key really tired. But I was. Then we started talking about black holes, and I had a crisis. Yeah. But anyway, keep going. And uh, so that's what I'm working on in the lab. That's so cool. So um, you go in. Kevin goes in every day. Yeah. Um, and it's by the Science Center. Yes. And uh, how have you been liking it? Or it's, when did you join? I joined about a month ago, like mid June. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Wait, so, but you did it remotely for a while. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. So I started working with Rebecca, the graduate student, um, in February almost. But I was. I was doing a lot of image processing things, just taking like the the TM images and mm -hmm. trying to get uh, the stream maps from them. And so it was remote. And so it was like a very nice change of pace to go in for the first time. But also it's really funny because in like an experimental physics laboratory at Harvard, you expect like giant machines and like complicated things. And there are those, right? But <laughs> then you see all these people like taking two pieces of tape sticking them together and pulling them apart yeah. and you're like this is most the <laughs> most small brained and big brain thing i've ever seen <laughs> oh so it's the dichotomy is just hilarious to me that is really funny because <laughs> you know, simple is sometimes better yeah um and then are you planning on you're planning on staying with this lab for quite a bit right yeah yeah uh i think they're in the midst of drafting a paper right now so mm. we'll see if I continue for the, the duration of that. Yeah. Do you think you'll thesis with them? We'll see. Do I? I don't even know about thesis. So. <laughs> Kevin, you should do prize. You should apply for will, prize I will, when I, I apply. I will. Because I, I want to do prizes. Okay. Point, so but, what is your lab? Um. Oh wow. No one ever asked me questions on unfiltered. <laughs> I'm not confused. <laughs> My lab is a systems bio lab at Harvard Med, um, and we study the mechanisms of cell wall growth in bacteria. And so it's a lot of like PCR, um, a lot of extracting DNA, a lot of centrifugation, a lot of pipetting, and a lot of sitting around waiting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so. lab work is a lot of just sitting yeah. around and waiting. But I, I enjoy it. Do you like your lab? I do. I do. Yeah. So actually, so I, I'm really into this like idea of like science and like laboratory work. Um, like there's this ideal like oh like you're pursuing knowledge and like working on other people's shoulders and like these results are like going to be the foundation for maybe someone else in the future right and there's this like science is like always progressing and like i i really enjoy that kind of like i mean i guess that's like kind of like idealism or like this concept of like what science is and what it should be right uh, but reality is often disappointing <laughs> Facts. Right. So yeah, there is that, of course, and I really do enjoy it a lot. But um, then, like you hear about academia, it's like, mm. there's a lot of politics that goes on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, science is not always pure science. Yeah, science is also not all like revolutions and breakthroughs. Yeah, yeah. a lot of it is just like sitting small things, waiting. sitting yeah. around. You know, your work gets stalled for some reason, and you just like take yeah. a year off and then you're back yeah, in the same yeah. place it's all it's a lot of baby steps but yeah so it's uh, cool it's not always the ideal but like of like science but at the same time like i really i think it's so cool yeah i think it's really cool and well. i think it's really cool to join a lab it, it really lab. is you know i was sitting with so typically they like everyone in the lab eats lunch out at the quad um, and I was like sitting there just like listening to their conversations. They were talking about how like helium is like disappearing and that like we need to stop using helium balloons or something. And they were so passionate and I was sitting there and I was like, I just don't know if I could carry, I don't know about all this. And then they were like, oh, what are some ways that we could combat this problem? They were like, we could just make the entire, change the pressure of the atmosphere so that other types of elements will also float. Something like that. It was like something like that. I remember being like, oh my gosh, what in the world? Like, what yeah, is, I mean, this world is so foreign to me. <laughs> really love talking about research. But they're so, like, the people who are very, very, like, 
very dedicated. Like they're they're at the lab like twenty four seven. Oh yeah. And they're just like that is their life. And for someone like me or you, I mean, you're at the lab way longer than I am. But like I'm usually there for like four or five hours a day. Like it's still a I, lot actually. Yeah, but like I can't like I don't know. I think research is fun, but I don't know if it's a career I could pursue because like a lot of research. I've realized upon the two and a half weeks that I've been there is like you, you, you run into problems all the time. Oh yeah. And then you just have to, you either like overlook it and you're like, okay, well that's probably a source of error or you're like, okay, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. And then it's like, it's very slow progress, but I think it's fun and rewarding. Yeah. I don't know. That's like research. Even though like some, in some fields it's very slow. Right. But like, there's always usually the feeling that like things are advancing, right? Yeah. Even if you stall for a period of time, right? Like you're not stopping, like you're looking for ways around it. Right. And it's, it's never the same thing. Well, sometimes it's the same thing, but it's like, it's not like year after year after year, you're going to be doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And I think that really is like a great thing about like trying to do research and pursuing knowledge. Yeah. Uh, And that is what ideally like science should be, but there's a lot of when you get humans involved. There's always a lot of other things. Oh yeah, there's a very specific culture yeah. with the lab that yeah. I've realized. Yeah, actually, it's really funny. Like, there are a lot of things that I expected the lab to be that weren't like at all. Like what? But, like, okay, one of the first things was like I expected everyone to like work together, like under uh, the direction of the PI. Mm. That's not how it is at all. The P for me, my PI is never there. Yeah, Philip is like. The professor's never there. Yeah, Philip is... They come in, like, once. Or, no, Philip is usually in his office, right? But he doesn't give, like, that much direction yeah. to all the graduate students. They're all working on totally different things. Yeah, And they yeah, all have yeah, their... Yeah. Like, even if they're doing the same thing, they have totally different oh, procedures. Oh, yeah. Like, nothing yeah. is standardized. So I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was like, Everyone just, does different stuff. Yeah, it's just really funny. They um, also, I also... I always joke with my mentor. His name's Luis. I always joke with him that it's, like, Luis's version. Because, like, we'll be, like, doing things and he'll, like, explain the standard protocol. And he'll be like, okay, but, like, this is what I do. I'm yeah. like, Luis's version. You have your like, own version you of everything. Like, they would have, like, figured out the best way to do things. No. But you, everybody would do it that way. No, no, but no, no, no. no. Everybody has their own personal version. It's just like, what is this? <laughs> and then the other thing was, like, I expected safety to be, like, like, number one. Mm. Like, but, like, okay, our lab is not dangerous, right? It's not that dangerous. There's high voltage sometimes. There's a few lasers, class four lasers. Uh, okay, that is fairly dangerous. <laughs> but it's, it's not like you spill something on yourself and you, like, internally combust. Right. Uh, so we don't do much things with the chemicals, so, uh, like, our fume hood isn't really used that much. But even then, like, I was going through the safety training, and I just realized that, like, Labs in academia are just like pretty lax with their safety yeah, procedures. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like even if Harvard is like, oh, you need a safety officer. This is what you do with like chemical waste and things like that. There's a lot of MacGyver things out mm. there that you're like, this is a little bit sketch. Just don't die, Kevin. Yeah, just I don't will... shoot a laser in your eye and you'll be fine. Actually, you know what? Okay, so yeah. I was doing safety training and they were like, oh yeah, this is a class for a laser. If you shine it at the wall just the reflection from the wall is enough to blind oh my. you. It's crazy. Well, let's not do that. Yeah, let's not do that. They have, like, blackout curtains. Mm. I can't see any of it. Okay, one thing that I was very... That was very different. I thought lab would be a lot more formal than it is. Yeah. It's super... Like, you, you go on, like... First, like, outfits. Like, I, I dressed really nice to go the first day because I didn't know what to expect. But then, like, I guess, like, lab meetings would be different. But, like, for actual research, then I showed up in, like, sweatpants the next day. Yeah. Like, eh. And then, like, the way that people talk, like, bro, I swear everyone there has, like, the worst mouth in the world. Like, <laughs> they, like, it's, like, every other word is just a curse word. <laughs> so, I'm not going to curse on my podcast, but they'll be, like, I don't understand why this effing PCR, like something like that. And I'm like, what? Interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was just specific to my life. The swear words in, in the Kim group are uh, noticeably less. But mm. um, yeah, it's very informal. And like, it was interesting. I joined like one of the, so there's a transfer stage that we use to like put graphene on silicon chips, right? Mm. And I joined a group to like, Count, like to schedule it on the calendar and there was like a discussion page and 
it was just like people like complaining about other people like not using it correctly and i was like there's a lot of discord going Jeez, on here. there's internal strife yeah oh civil war so that was like three years ago and i, I think ever, a lot of people need to use it so there's like people who are like very heavily booking it and but like yeah it was like it's not as harmonious as it sometimes you expect mm, that's interesting to be. that's interesting oh uh, it's so very individualized really yeah well yeah because like each week out loud meaning like different people present with their things and yeah. everyone's working on something different so yeah i think that might be the end of our time kevin but that was that was really interesting thank you for joining me mm-hmm. um after many months of just you know I, I gave up for a minute i gave it that's I okay it. you know pierre will never be on but it's fine it's pierre. Who's pierre pierre's not alive um <laughs> but yeah i really enjoyed you have having you oh i'm so tired i really enjoyed having you on this podcast and i really hope you'll be on another one but you know at the next time the next time will be like two years no no no. next time next time let's just discuss black holes special relativity i will literally cry scientific truth oh i will what is no the 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 title will just be what is truth what is true i I like that i like no the last time we wanted to do a podcast kevin was like you should just call it arbitrary math talk And have you, you and Pierre on it. They're just going to talk about this insane math class that's not there. And I'll just sit here and be like, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I have for today. Is there anything you'd like to say, Kevin, to your uh, viewers? I mean, your listeners. Uh, <laughs> say something in Japanese. Kevin's good at Japanese. Japanese. Uh, Isn't that bye? No, it's thank you. Oh, how do you say bye? Uh, there's a lot of ways. Just say your most standard way. Uh, Johnny! Johnny!